It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Welcome to the Giants huddle Podcast. My name is John Schmelk. Today, the voice of the Giants, Bob Papa, will interview new Giants assistant general manager, Brandon Brown. First, a reminder, you can find the Giants Huddle Podcast on all our favorite podcast platforms, the Giants mobile app, and of course, at Giants.com slash podcast. And I invite you, please check out our new NFL Draft podcast called Draft Season. It's hosted by myself, John Schmelke. I'm joined by Tony Pauline and Eric Crocker on every episode once per week, and we really do a deep dive into all the fantastic prospects in this draft class. All right, let's get to our interview. Bob Papa speaks to new Giants assistant general manager, Brandon Brown. Giants fans, it is with great pleasure we welcome in the new assistant general manager of the New York Giants, Brandon Brown, and uh, talk a little bit about this opportunity that you have coming back to the New York area and joining the Giants. Uh, well, Bob, one, thanks for having me. And uh, the biggest thing about coming back to this area is just a uh, sense of responsibility. You know, this is uh, one of the flagship franchises in the league. And the biggest thing coming back to this area is knowing that, you know, the fan base holds you accountable and it means so much more than just uh, football. You know, a lot of people depend on this. And uh, I just feel like being a part of this organization, um, I don't want to let anybody down. And I know we have a collective effort in uh, getting back to where we all want to be, where the fan base wants to be, where the organization wants to be. You know, obviously, uh, you're a Fordham graduate. I'm a Fordham graduate. And when you think of Fordham, uh, you think of the Lombardi Center and right. Vince Lombardi and his ties to the Giants. And, of course, Wellington Mara. Right. Um, it, do you get a sense of a, a, an added responsibility knowing the history of everything? 100%. It's the uh, biggest thing, I, like the word that comes to my mind is nostalgia, right? It's uh, all the stories you hear about, one, when you step on campus at Fordham. And then after being on campus, uh, the responsibility that you have as a student athlete while you're there to be, uh, you know, not just represent the, uh, the name on the back of your jersey if you're playing, uh, but also the logo on your front, which is a team. And then at the transition, you hear all the stories about the Giants and, uh, and, the, and the history and the great rich tradition. And it's no different. It's a carryover. And uh, we all have, like I said, a responsibility to, uh, to not just do our best, but exhaust all the resources and be progressive and forward thinking so we can get back to where we want to be. Talk about your interaction with Joe Shane as you were interviewing for the job. You spent five years in the Eagles organization. How well did you know Joe coming in? So uh, with Joe and myself, we, we've crossed over on the road on the college side. And he's someone I've always admired from afar. From As he's come away and grown in his career, um, his work ethic has never changed. It's second to none. He's a tireless worker. And a lot of the traits I see in myself, I see in him. And you always want to work with like-minded people. It's no different when you're in the business world and you, you network and you see people that you like and you like the way they operate. And you say, hey, one day I want to work with this guy. And with Joe, it's been, uh, we've been like peanut butter and jelly. It's just, just, just in sync. Um, where it's like when you're a kid, you go to camp and uh, you meet one, a guy that becomes your friend. You're like, I didn't know I needed this kind of friend. And that's how it's been with Joe, where um, we just really connected and in sync. And we have the synergy where we know, like, listen, we have a plan and uh, we have to execute the plan. And we have the right people in place uh, to move forward and uh, get what we need to get done to uh, get back where we want to be. And he's sort of created a role for you similar to what his role was right in Buffalo, where uh, you're in charge of player personnel on the pro side. But there's also that cross-training where you're going to be heavily involved as far as the college concepts are concerned, too. Correct. And I think uh, when you talk about marrying the pro side with the college side, um, I, I like using business analogies. And it's like knowing the marketplace, right? Uh, you can't really put a, uh, accurate value to a player and to his role until you know uh, where he is on the market. And once we understand the marketplace, uh, we're able to you know, find the sweet spots 
or where we can find players within the margin, right? It's guys that hey, may not be um, super attractive maybe on the total market, but it's going to fit what Dayball wants to do. It's going to fit what Wink wants to do. It's going to fit what T-Mac wants to do on special teams. And when we do that, it allows us, when we want to make the big splashes, we can do it in a very conscious way, an efficient way. And we have the right checks and balances because we know we've you know, crossed our T's, dotted our I's, and done everything in the right way that there is no uh, you know, negligence in spending, no negligence in evaluation. Right. And listen, everybody who's watching this is a giant fan and eyes wide open when Joe Shane came in. He understands that there is a salary cap situation that has to get rectified. So you have to find those guys that are productive players that fit within a certain price range. Correct. Correct. And when you find those players, like I said, it's not just uh, going for the big splash. It's finding one, the, the job requirement. You know, we get that from having a tight relationship and having a cohesive communication with offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams of what are the tasks that's being asked? It's very much like if you're in a restaurant, it's a, you know, it's a chef to sous chef relationship. Right. And uh, we can't go out and buy the groceries, quote unquote, unless we know exactly what the recipe calls for. And uh, just finding players, it's the same way we find out, hey, how we can we help them do and be the best that they, of their ability in our scheme. So we want to emphasize, you know, what guys can be, you know, elevated to an, another level in this scheme. And then how do we limit their warts? You know, not worry about what they can't do. We can use them in a role and in a bucket and what they can do. And that's to say that's how we push the envelope forward. And that's how, you you know, whether it's shopping on a budget or getting guys that can be better performers and contributors than they were at their previous uh, team and location. You spent the last five years in Philadelphia. What were some of the things that you learned as being part of that organization? Although it's a rival organization, obviously it's an organization that's had success, um, a Super Bowl championship organization, but lessons that you take moving forward. Um, just being progressive, you know, pushing the needle. Uh, biggest thing I, I, I like, quote, like to use is, you know, when everyone knows what we know, what we know is no longer important. We always want to be pushing the envelope forward and not be reactive to what's going on, whether it's, you know, evolving in scheme, whether it's evolving in player usage, whether it's evolving in where, knowing where to find players. And uh, that's a process that I, you know, uh, put into practice in Philadelphia was um, football players come in every walks, walks of life. And uh, that was done, you know, shown through finding players in Canada, finding players who played rugby, you know, finding players that came from small schools. Um, it doesn't matter. You know, if you have the I call it the developmental mindset and the developmental skill, physical traits and, you know, you have the aptitude to learn, then, uh, you know, it's our job in terms of personnel, coaching and player development to get you um, onto you know, the right onboarding process and then maximize you um, as you're going on in your role and eventually on game day. And that's where uh, a term that gets thrown around a lot, chemistry. But that's where chemistry comes in. And people think sometimes it's just chemistry of the team, you know, the locker room. But there also has to be chemistry within the building between the front office, the player evaluators, the decision makers, and the coaching staff kind of have to all be on the same page in order for this to work, right? Right. So, Bob, you know, the the term I like to use is synergy, right? It's um, having open-door communication where a good idea can come from anywhere. And when we find a player, it's not your guy, it's not my guy, it's our guy. It's, you know, what, what is our envision of what does a New York Giant look like? And at each position and having, holding everyone to the standard. And we have to be able to poke holes in whether it's the roster, whether it's in position rooms, and know that when the, the standard isn't being met, we have to make changes. When the standard is, you know, is being met, we have to applaud it and lift it up. It goes both ways. It's a, it's a salt and sugar approach. And because uh, salt and sugar looks the same, but it's, it tastes different and it feels different, right? So 
when we do those kind of things, um, it allows us to uh, be collaborative in the process, right? We, we need to know how the guy is from a 360 view, whether what he is in the building, what he's on the field and what he is in the community, because all that plays a factor into you know, what our brand is and what our, our style of ball is. You grew up on Long Island. Uh, you went to Fordham. You were an outstanding player at Fordham. What led you on this path to this career choice? Uh, competitiveness. Uh, I'm a guy who's not uh, admittedly patient, and I like seeing um, instant result. You see uh, the proof in the pudding. And football, to me, is the ultimate team sport. So you get the best of both worlds. You get team building, you get competitiveness, and then you get uh, results. You know, you, the, all the work that you do uh, Monday through Saturday, see the results on so whether it's Sunday, whether it's Monday, whether it's playing on Thursday. And then hopefully playing in the playoffs come February and January. And those are the things that, that drives me. It's not just knowing, you know, what is my job during the week. It's the overall goal. We're all building together. And, you know, we want to hoist that Lombardi. It doesn't matter, um, you know, what your role is. Everyone has a role. And it's being a high-level, you know, efficiency executor within your role. Is that an internal conflict for you when you look at it from the college evaluation side? Because guys get drafted, undrafted free agents, college free agents come in, and everybody has sort of their own speed in which it kicks in. You said you want to see results right away, but do you have to sometimes remember that patience is also a virtue? 100%. And Bob, when I mean wanting to see results, um, it comes in different styles, right? Um, To me, there's benchmarks that are put in, in, put, in, put in place. You know, when you know what a guy's ceiling is or where you, where you gauge it, say year one versus the end of their first contract, you know, you have these quarterly benchmarks, as I like to call them, where uh, these are certain types of progressions you'd like to see. You know, 1% better every day. There's an incremental um, addition to, hey, what, is he, what did he do last week or last quarter versus this quarter? And that allows us to hold them accountable, right? If there's something that I know that you just haven't gotten yet as a player, because you know you're still green to the process, that's fine. There is patience there, but things that we we all expect as an organization to be uh, met in terms of uh, de- degree of proficiency in whether it's skill set, whether it's learning the playbook, whether it's understanding concepts, we need to keep seeing growth. And everybody grows at a, at a different rate. But as we figure out, okay, what your ceiling is and how do we get you there, we establish the onboarding plan. So we expect you, you know, player A versus player B to be at different levels based on what their aptitude is. You're obviously young and you're in this cool part of your career. Analytics has become become (laughs) such a buzzword. You're knee deep in it. Do you find it funny that it has become a hot button issue considering that Tom Landry and Paul Brown, you can go back decades. Analytics has always been a part of the sport. Just kind of used and just had a different name to it. Well, you hit it on the head. Analytics has been around for the longest. It's now just has an in vogue term put to it, right? And I think the application um, doesn't change. It's always been the same, but now the resources and the data has evolved. Um, and I think it's always been a part of the decision-making process, whether how small or big. And I just think when it's used as a checks and balance, you know, where if you don't exhaust all your resources, I kind of call it negligence, right? We want, we want to always make sure that we're making the most sound decisions, whether it's in, for the roster, for the organization. And uh, it serves as a part of the puzzle where we said, you know, best thing about being you know, New York Giant is you know that you're going to have the resources. And if you have the resources, it's shame on us if we don't exhaust them. And I think, you know, we poke holes in our process. We want to make um, the whole system and process of acquiring players and evaluating players uh, the best it can be. And part of that is utilizing data, manipulating data, um, 
having confirmation bias. So it's not always using analytics as a way to, you know, it being in opposition of your initial thought. It actually can bolster your argument, right? It's like no different than going to, to court as a lawyer and putting towards evidence uh, in your case. So analytics can serve a lot of functions and it's been, it's been done. It's just we want to use it as a checks and balance um, and just make the best decisions possible. Brandon, we appreciate a couple minutes. I know this is going to be a fun journey. Thank you so much for Bob, joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. That's Brandon Brown, the new assistant general manager of the New York Football Giants. That's New Giants assistant general manager Brandon Brown. We thank him for joining us on this episode of the Giants Huddle Podcast. For Bob Papa and Brandon, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time.